0: Welcome to Beyond Conventional Marketing, a marketing leader's guide to digital consumer experiences. You're about to hear an episode full of insights from marketing leaders to help you build meaningful moments and relevant digital experiences for your consumers. Join us as we hear from marketing leaders about their experiences with data and personalization, digital marketing trends, and expert advice on how to grow your business and connect with consumers. Let's get started.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Conventional Marketing. I'm your host, Anushka Lokesh, and joining us today is Logan Bennett, who is the personalization experience lead at Carhartt. Hey, Logan, how's it going?
2: Great. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, we're super happy to have you. Really excited about our conversation today. Before we get started, maybe you could just introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your background and what it is that you do at Carhartt.
2: Sure. Yeah. So I'm Logan Bennett. I come from Well, most of the time in my, in my marketing careers has been in the creative agency world. So I have a lot of creative agency background helping large and small brands and everything in between work with digital strategy, social strategy, digital transformation, creative technology, experience strategy and everything that comes along with that. At Carhartt, I mainly work on personalization. I lead a cross-functional team that includes data analysts, developers, creatives, experienced strategists, lots of other (laughs) titles, uh, figure out how personalization comes into play across all of our channels at Carhartt. So. Yeah, it's a very rigorous process. It's a new thing for Carhartt. And it's so it's an exciting time for them and us as well. Yeah, so that's me in a nutshell, I guess.
1: Yeah, that sounds like you have a very interesting background. I find that people who come from a number of years with an agency background, they've had such a variety of experiences always.
2: Yes, lots of different types of brands, different types of clients, Different challenges to solve in a very different environment than working on brand side. So, very beneficial, I think, to have that experience.
1: Definitely. So, over the course of your career, what is something that you've learned that you think is really important for marketers? Uh,
2: yeah, I think the biggest thing that I have learned over the course of my career is the importance of the consumer journey. With everything that you do, whether it's creative or social strategy or anything else, customer journey is at the center of all of that. And so what that means is that you know the customer journey is essentially all of the different paths that a customer could take to become your customer. That is inclusive of everything that is leading to a retail store, if you have it, an e-commerce experience, if you have that, it's all the paths coming from email, from search, from social, all of it coming together to formulate one kind of cohesive journey. At its very basic level, it is essentially like, if you think of like an old school purchase funnel, that is a lot more circular. That's like, very generalized, but, and then it's also inclusive of everything that customers are going through. So, their pain points, what they're trying to solve, why they are coming to you in the first place. And that journey alone helps you as a marketer understand all of those things. It helps you understand what are the things that I need to be helping my customers solve? What pain points are we needing to? help them overcome and then as a marketer it also helps us understand where we target consumers what triggers we need to send them to get them to go through this journey Uh, what stages are they at in the journey so we might talk to one person differently in one stage of the journey that we do at the very beginning stage of the journey And how does it help inform all of our data, all of our personalization, all of our different channels that we're in, all of the different messaging or creative that we might have, because we might have different messaging or creative depending on what stage they're at as well. So it's super important. (laughs) And it's very hard to get things done without it.
1: Yeah. Do you think you could give us an example of what... The consumer journey might have looked like when you started out your career versus what it is now
2: well, yeah, I mean I think that when I started out in my career, there was a lot less channels. It was very much more a linear sort of journey, more like a purchase funnel, where you know you it was a lot easier to say okay this is the awareness phase this is the consideration phase and they go through these steps and this is all happening on these channels and these channels and these channels
1: and there was a lot of it offline as well right
2: yeah yeah a lot of it offline as well tv print magazines uh, yeah things like that and for the most part unless you had like catalogs and things like that, for the most part, things were happening in brick and mortar. E-commerce was, it was a thing when I when I started, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. That sort of digital transformation that consumers have gone through has made things exciting, but also a lot more complicated.
1: <laughs> Definitely. I agree. I already know when I'm, online shopping, for example, I'm like switching between Instagram and website and maybe some YouTube, depending on what I'm buying. So definitely a lot more complicated now than it was when people were just going into stores, I guess. Absolutely. So could we go a little bit deeper into, if you're thinking about the consumer journey, how does it impact marketing strategies now, given that it is so complex?
2: Yeah, it, I mean, it impacts marketing strategies a lot. Whether you have a formalized consumer journey or not, your consumers are going through some sort of a journey. Whether they are going back and forth from Instagram and, and Facebook or Google or your, your website or your store, there's some sort of a journey there. And at each stage they are deciding whether they are just window shopping or whether they are actually going to buy something. And they are comparing you to all of the other options out there. So the strategies have to align with with that. It has to align with that behavior, whether they are jumping back and forth, whether they're doing Google searches. And you as a brand have to stand out against all of the competition. You have to, whatever that is, either you're offering a better solution to what they're looking for, or you're making it easier for them to choose you. Maybe it's an easier experience. Maybe it's uh, less hoops that they have to jump through. Maybe it's better value in the product. Uh, I don't know what that exactly is for, you know, all the different brands out there, but the important part is to understand all of those pieces that a consumer is going through in order to build those strategies. So if it is, they are jumping back and forth on social, you have need to have a, a social strategy that you understand how that's happening and that journey of jumping back and forth to making a purchase, whether that's sending people in store or sending someone to your website or doing that purchase through Instagram, what does that journey look like? and that's the same for any channel that people are going through.
1: So through this process, what have you found are the major challenges? Is it more on the understanding what people are doing side or is it more on the using that information to to do something about it side?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's both. I think that the challenges I think that a lot of like marketers face are very different depending on what brand it is that we're talking about. Some uh, Sometimes the challenges are a lack of data. Not And that lack of data could be a lack of data in what your consumers are doing, what those paths are, or that could be a lack of data of what your consumers are, like purchase data, maybe. There's also challenges when it comes to how your teams are working together. Some brands that I've encountered are super siloed, uh, which makes it very hard to capture and work through that entire journey because a customer's journey might go across five, six different brand departments. And if those teams are siloed, then either the data is not getting passed back and people aren't getting all the information that they need about the consumer or about goals that each group might have, things like that. So I think that the challenges vary often depending on what campaign you're trying to do, depending on what consumer you're trying to go after. So yeah, it could be a lot of different things.
1: Yeah. And do you, given that the two challenges you you shared were more around the data side and then also, I guess, structurally and communicating cross-functionally, Do you have any thoughts on what might be helpful to overcome those challenge, those types of challenges? Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that, you know, a willingness uh, to explore is helpful. You have to be willing to test things. You have to be willing to be wrong sometimes, and you have to be willing to forget about your assumptions and follow expertise of other departments or follow what the data is telling you and sometimes maybe that data isn't really telling you anything and you just have to go with your gut and see how it works but one i think one of the biggest things is to have a process for how you approach things whether you are working in a place where there's a lot of silos you need to have a process and understand okay if if we do have a lot of silos, then I have to work with this team to get this and this team to get this. And it has to be a process. And it might be a longer process for getting something out the door.
1: That makes a lot of sense. So we've discussed how important the, uh, the consumer journey is. And you mentioned personalization earlier in our conversation, since that's what you're focused on at, at Carhartt. Could you explain to us a little bit how personalization is approached at Carhartt? Uh,
2: yeah. When I started, the very first thing we did was lay out a process. And the expectation was this might not be the perfect process. It might not be the right process. But we're going to try it. We're going to see how it works. We're going to tweak it as we go. And that iteration, I think, is probably like the most important piece to really everything that we do as marketers, but also everything that we do in personalization, uh, specifically, but yeah, we start as much as possible, we start by looking at the data. So, you know, whether that's diving into our consumer journey data, touch points that our consumers are, are going through, or our purchase data, what can we find first by looking at data? What is it telling us? And also identifying based off of that, what are other things that we maybe need to know that the data is not telling us? So we can go to different teams and try to get answers for that. Then, after that, it's uh, most likely working with my experienced strategy partner. She handles all the experienced journey work at Carhartt. And it's sometimes it's putting together uh, based off of this data. This is the journey that we're going to uh, map out for this campaign or this product or something like that. And then from there, it's usually taking that, all of that to my personalization team and coming up with ideas for how we might approach personalization specifically inside of that journey and based off of that data. And then we take all of those ideas and we weigh them all together using some metrics that we've put together to decide which ideas are moving forward and which ideas are not. Then we implement it. And then we, after we implement and launch the experience, we are monitoring and optimizing in real time to get the best results that we can, that we think we can. Then once that campaign is over, if it is a campaign-based idea, uh, then we analyze all of that And we capture those learnings somehow. And that's really the important part of anything. Uh, I think the most important part is what did we learn? And it doesn't have to be that our hypotheses were right. And it doesn't have to be that it was a success. It could be a failure. But what did we learn from it?
1: I really like that approach. I think a lot of people would think that the important part is the personalization or 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 what goes into the personalization, but I like that you said that it's what you learn from it and like what you can do to make the process better in this whole process. What role does technology play? Technology takes,
2: I mean, it's a big role because, you know, a lot of times we can't do things that we want to do in personalization without the technology. So it is a very big role. And also we can't collect the data that we want to collect without technology. I mean, We could, like we could do all that stuff manually, and we have before, but it's a much more arduous process. So there's technology involved in every single step of the process that we do.
0: What if you could provide all of your consumers the most relevant digital experience? With predictive personalization at the heart of your digital marketing strategy, you can build meaningful relationships with consumers and grow your business quickly. Brainify's AI-driven platform can help you at any stage of your personalization journey, whether you're looking to collect data, optimize customer journeys, or curate predictive personalized experiences. Using one line of code, Brainify integrates with any marketing tool you already use in just two weeks. Ready to learn more about creating personalized digital consumer experiences? Connect with us at brainify.ai.
1: Could you give us some examples of how being data-driven and thinking about personalization has impacted your business?
2: Yeah, I actually have two examples. One, I anchor more on being like data driven and the other i anchor more on being like data flexible is what i okay. like to call it huh. we actually just got done with a a mother's day campaign where we started by working with our insights team myself and my um, experienced strategy partner her and i worked with our insights team and they pulled data around female and male shoppers around Mother's Day, leading up to Mother's Day and then on Mother's Day. And we found that we as a brand oftentimes have a, a spike of female shoppers prior to Mother's Day coming to our e-commerce website. So, and then we also, within that, found that men a lot of times don't, they don't tend to often shop for females at least in, in our, you know, clothing space. No,
1: that checks out. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so we decided leading up to Mother's Day, we were go, based off of that data, we were going to build experiences that were, if you were a known female coming to our website, we based off of data and our tools know sometimes when someone is in fact a female coming to our website. Other times we don't know. But for the ones that we do know, we were going to give them a fem- a more female-focused experience on our homepage than we did anybody else coming to our website. It was going to be more male-focused. That experience, um, we actually found that we didn't have a ton of visitors who were known females, but when someone was a female coming to our website and they had a more female-focused experience, it uh, garnered much higher conversion rates, higher basket, basket price rates, things like that. So it was a very valuable group of people that we're providing a different experience to.
1: What was the experience? Was it just more like recommendations for female products or?
2: Yeah, it was uh, recommendations on female products. It was also, sometimes it might not have been, sometimes it might've been leading to like a landing page or a Category landing page that was more unisex, but the creative on it was more female focused. So it could have, it could be more female products. It could also just be more female, uh, more female focused creative. Yeah, yeah. And then the ex- other example that I like to talk about is being data flexible. So we took a similar approach to another launch that we did back in uh, I want to say like early spring. And we, based off of the data, we decided that the best way to target was on past purchasers and new purchasers and providing different experiences for both of those. And it was a new product launch that we're doing. And typically, when you do that, the conventional uh, way of doing things is to send people to a landing page and drive all of your media to that landing page, things like that. And during the process of briefing creatives and things like that, we pivoted. We, made, we decided, hey, let's try doing this on our homepage. Let's send all of our media to our homepage. Let's do a homepage takeover for this product and we had no data to support that that would work but we wanted to try it to see how it went we still went with the data led idea of of targeting you know past purchasers and new purchasers and after the launch we actually found out that doing things that way worked worked well so now we have an example that we can go back to and we have data showing that When we do decide to do this in the future, it should work. But that required us to be a little bit flexible with things. And even though we didn't have any data supporting that and it went kind of against conventional wisdom and ways of doing things, we tested it and we we learned that it did work. So we could have also learned that it would have been a huge failure, but we would have at least known then going into the future that, yeah, we shouldn't do that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess there is something to be said for being curious and then also following that curiosity.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes in this world of moving forward with technology and things like that and all the data, we won't always have the data to support things. But if we have a hunch about things, we can do it. We can test it. And if it doesn't work, we'll know that for the future. If it does, then we can continue to do it.
1: I think that's really important because a lot of brands, I find, there are some brands that have a lot of data and so they can make always very informed decisions because they have the data. But there are also a lot of brands that don't always have data. Like I was always working on newer brands and we didn't have Nielsen data or all of the other things that help people make decisions. And then in that case, it's the best alternative is to have a hypothesis, and then test it out.
2: Yep, yep. Sometimes it's, it's best just to launch something out there, see how people work with it, and then change things on the fly as as you're reading how people are interacting with things.
1: Yeah, and then you have an additional data point.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And with that other launch, we did that as well. We we reacted to things on the fly. We For one of the experiences, we decided not to have... CTAs up in our home hero portion and uh, very quickly as we were monitoring things we realized that was the wrong decision and we were able to pivot and get something uh, up there pretty quickly after we launched and I mean that that happens.
1: When you're going through a campaign like this and you're testing something out do you have a point at which you check back in and you're like, okay, this is working. Let's keep doing it. Or this is not working. we got to do something else.
2: It all depends on the data. You have to have enough data to be able to confidently say something. And the the data has to also be pointing in one direction or another. If something is, if you're looking at the data and you're like looking between two different things, maybe it's an A-B test or something like that. And the data is fairly even across both of them, then you you can't really say one way or the other that something is working or not. But so we typically will look at things. I mean, we'll look at things daily, but you can't oftentimes make any sort of informed decision until at least a week out. And that's all depending on the amount of traffic that you're getting. But for the most part, the Best rule of thumb, I would say, is, it, is like two weeks.
1: Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I think that was that was a very... Both of the examples you gave were extremely insightful. As we kind of wrap up, I wanted to ask you, do you have any advice for fellow marketers or marketing leaders as they navigate understanding their customer and, and personalization?
2: Yeah, I probably two two pieces of advice. One is to be curious. You know, I think that you can't get too rigid or structured in things that you're doing. You have to have some room for exploration, some room for curiosity and testing things and being okay with uh, being wrong about things. You know, sometimes when we get too hung up on, us wanting to be right and wanting to prove that something is one way, we lose out on all of the cool things that you could accomplish if you're just willing to say, yeah, that was wrong. Let's go this direction. And also, hey, we, we don't know that this is going to work, but let's try it. Let's try it and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, we can easily pivot back to how, how we were doing things. The other piece of advice I would say is to pay attention to not getting too wrapped up in how clever the thing is that we're doing. A customer interacting with your brand should never notice that you are putting them through this personalization experience. It should just feel natural to them. They shouldn't notice that you have all these fancy pieces of technology that is enabling these things. It shouldn't be cumbersome to them. They shouldn't walk away from an experience with a brand, unless you're a technology brand, thinking, wow, that was a cool digital thing that they did. Or, hey, they really did a great job with that personalization tactic. They should never... Never think that. One, a consumer would never think that because they most likely would just think it's you're being creepy, but they should walk away with it feeling like that was a great experience. I feel more connected to that brand. They made my life easier. They did a great job of uh, meeting my needs that I had. And they should also walk away, if it's personalization that we're talking about, they should walk away feeling like like that brand understood them. That brand knew what they were going through. And they shouldn't walk away thinking, oh, that was really creepy. Like it, that was way too personal. It should just feel natural. It should feel like I, they know who I am and they know what I'm looking for.
1: Sometimes when I am having these experiences, I'm like, how did they know that? <laughs> <laughs> Which is not what you want.
2: Yeah, there's always it's a very common thing for people to think that like Facebook is listening to them talking when they're around their phone and things like that. And it's it's actually not. It's actually I think probably even more creepy the way that they do personalization. It's all has to do with triangulation of like where your phone is in relation to other people's phones that you're around and what those people are searching and it's like all this all this data coming together to say, oh, if you're around all of these other people who are also searching for all of these things, then most likely you are like this. So it's it's much more invasive than it actually, than (laughs) people sometimes think it is. It'd be nicer, I think, if we could just say, oh, yeah, well, they're probably just listening to our conversations.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, actually, that's very true. I hadn't thought about it that way. Well, this has been a really interesting conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm sure a lot of people listening to the episode will have a lot of things to take away and think about as they go through their own challenges. So again, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Conventional Marketing, a Brainify podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you found this episode valuable, please rate, review, and share it. To learn more about creating delightful digital experiences, join us for the next conversation.